Good morning, good morning. How are y'all's friends? Everyone doing good? Yeah, yeah, everyone keeping warm? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I, 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 I feel a little warmer than some of us right now, but uh, I'm just trying to be prepared, right? Just in case there are any fire alarms that make us go outside, right? Yeah, I'm just trying to be prepared and, and, and you know, just trying to be careful. It's a little cold now, a little wet outside, so I'm just getting ready. Hopefully no fire alarms today, but if you don't know what I'm talking about, right? Last time I was up here back in August, there was a surprise fire alarm. And uh, we had to run outside. And, you know, I was talking about community, so we were able to build community outside. It was great. It was wonderful. But that's not what we're really going for today. And <laughs> if you haven't seen the video, though, we actually found the video in the archives. So I'm about to show that in a second. But disclaimer, everything's fine. We're all good. Online people, don't panic. We're good in the room. You're going to hear some of the fire alarms in the video, but we're all okay. We figured out that it was probably a sensor that tripped the alarm, so we're good. Very, very good? Very good, very good? Okay, let's show that video real quick. The one and only Son has made him the Father known. Now, we could really nerd out, geek out with some theology here, right? About... <laughs> oh, my. What's happening? <laughs> One second, y'all. Please, could you walk slowly and carefully to the doors? And we, we appreciate you here. Please now. walk carefully. We, we walked slowly. We were great. It was orderly, fashion, wonderful. And I, as you can tell, I raised my voice because in the room, all the mics, all the sound system was turned off, right? But as you can tell, the live stream was still picking it up. And uh, there's a little conversation. Oh that, here's the conversation. Has this happened before? No. Oh, wow. Very good. <laughs> so, has some before? No. Very good. Very good. Very good. So, to describe a fire alarm is very good. You know, that's uh, that's a way. That's a way. That's what happened. We're good. But today, as you can tell, as I wore my coat, it's too cold outside. It's December, so Jesus, help us stay inside today. So, hey, I got a question for y'all. When you think of fried chicken, what you thinking? What emotions are coming up, right? I know some of y'all are like, mm, not really my thing. Some of y'all are like, trying to watch this figure that I have, right? So not quite. But if you're like me, it's like, oh, man, that's fried chicken. Like, it's not good for the body, but it's good for the soul, though. Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'll get another food one. How about uh, barbecue? Ooh, ooh, barbecue, right? Barbecue is always good. I got lots of ooze in the room. Okay, how about roller skates? Yeah? Uh, 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 all right. Some of you remember the cutesy dates. Some of you remember the fun birthday parties. Some of you remember breaking your ankle, right? So maybe not so much. How about a 43-foot-tall, three-ton straw goat? <laughs> kind of left field, isn't it? <laughs> well, those are the different ways that people celebrate Christmas around the world, right? In Japan, right? In Japan, they kind of treat Christmas like a couple's holiday, like we do Valentine's Day, and you celebrate with fried chicken, 
right? Uh, 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 the barbecue part, right? This is down in South Africa. During the holidays, you invite someone over for a braai and you grill out. It's great. Like barbecue for Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And then for roller skates, right? Down in Caracas, in Venezuela, some of our brothers and sisters down there, they roller skate to the Christmas mass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty cool, pretty cool. And then in Sweden, in Yevlai, there is the Yevlai goat, 43 foot tall, three ton straw goat that sometimes people try to burn down because it's so iconic, right? And we celebrate Christmas in lots of different ways here in the States as well, right? We got presents under the trees. We have different classic Christmas movies, right? Rudolph, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, 34th Miracle, uh, Miracle on 34th Street, right? And look at all these unique Hallmark movies, right? They're just so unique and so different. And Michael Bublé and Mar Mariah Carey own the sound waves during Christmas, don't they, right? So we celebrate Christmas in all these different ways. And right, you've been laughing, I've been laughing, like, it's so fun. It's so joyful. Who wouldn't be joyful during the holidays, right? Yeah, raise your hand. Is, is Christmas time a time to be joyful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good, very good. But I do have to admit, sometimes the holidays can be kind of hard. Let's take a pause, right? The holidays can be hard. Some of us, we're coming in with some pretty beat up hearts. So if that's you, I want to say, I see you, we see you, we recognize that the holidays can be pretty tough for lots of different reasons, and it's, it's, it's hard. So I just want to remind us that you know, we have a blue Christmas service coming up this Tuesday. We'd love to invite you to that, and this isn't just for people who've lost a loved one, but this is for anyone where life has just thrown you for a loop this year, right? Loss of a job, loss of a loved one. If you're just missing loved ones from past years, whatever it is, if you need prayer, if you need people to sit with, you just need to weep, we would love to have you there. So that being said, I'm talking about joy today, right? And joy, like, yeah, that's, that's kind of perfect, right? Peter and joy and, 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 and you know, I, I've been hearing like comments throughout the week like, oh, Peter, I heard that you were going to talk about joy. Like, that's exactly who needs to be talking about joy. And I'm like, yes, that's me. The joy is a part of my being. It's exactly who I am, happy and giddy and chipper and all that stuff. So joy and Peter and Christmas, man, Peter must love Christmas then, right? Right? If I can admit something. Shock value. Wait a minute. Just breathe me. Christmas doesn't mean anything to me. Ooh. Ooh, 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 ooh. That's a hard thing to say, isn't it? Christmas doesn't mean anything to me. And, you know, when I brought this to the teaching team, I heard a couple of gasps in the room. I heard, I heard a whoa, whoa, whoa from a guy who says whoa a lot, right? Uh, and uh, I also heard someone say, do you even have a soul? I, I, I think I have a soul. I don't know. It's, I, the Christmas doesn't mean much to me because it's just, I grew up like that. I, I grew up in an ethnically Hmong church. And in the Hmong church, yeah, we talk about Jesus during December time and baby Jesus, the nativity place, all that stuff. But nothing seemed really special about it. Nothing seemed different about Christmas from just any other regular Sunday. Sometimes it seemed more American to me than it did a deeply religious Christian tradition that we've been celebrating for millennia. So today I just want to invite you on a journey with me. I know I'm kind of doing the talk, but really I'm 
kind of talking to myself this morning. I want to invite you on a journey with me today because I'm trying to figure out Christmas myself, right? It doesn't mean much to me. So in me writing this and me talking about this, like it's been a journey. So I want to invite you on that journey with me today and talking about the joy that Jesus brings. And I know Christmas is something we do every year. Sometimes it gets mundane. Sometimes for some of us, yeah, it's so fun. It's great for some of us. Like I said, we're coming in with some pretty beat up hearts. So just walk with me today. And hopefully we can find the joy of Jesus today. So today we're going to jump into Luke chapter 2. But before that, right, just, just some context. We're going to pick up at verse 8. But from 1 to 7, the context is Caesar Augustus is called for a census of the entire Roman Empire. And Joseph and a very pregnant Mary, they head to the little town of Bethlehem. And, and while there, they register. But Mary gives birth, right? And, and, and if, if it's ringing some bells, either you've seen it in a nativity play or you've heard it from the Charlie Brown Christmas special as well, right, right? When Charlie Brown yells out, oh, can anyone tell me what Christmas is all about, right? And I guess I'm Charlie Brown today, right? Trying to figure that out. And Linus reads straight from Luke chapter two. So that's what happened. Baby Jesus has been born. And now we're gonna pick up at verse eight. So let's read. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. We've read this tons of times before, but just, just think about it, right? What if you were one of those shepherds? You're sleeping in the middle of the night and all these bright lights just start popping at you and you wake up and it's just lights, lights, lights. And if I was asleep in my bed and the lights started going off, it lit up my room, right? Like either the FBI is going to break in through any second or I'm about to be abducted by aliens. I don't know, right? You have weird thoughts when you first wake up, right? But it's all these different lights and, and it's this terror of what's happening. But it's also, it's also this awe. And the awe of heaven opening up. And awe of an angel saying to you when you're at your most scared point, right? Be not afraid. And it's this weird tension. And I think there's a painting that I love that kind of describes this tension for us, Right? It's called Seeing Shepherds by Daniel Bonnell, right? And, and just art is made to be looked at. So 10 seconds, just look. This is a painting by Daniel Bonnell. It's a meditative painting. And like I said, Seeing Shepherds, and he's, it's painting... He's painting it as if you are one of the shepherds and this is what you see, right? You see all these different textures that are happening and it looks angelic and it looks fiery in certain ways, but it also looks mysteriously holy, right? There, there is kind of a terror 
in seeing this, where it's just, it, your brain is still processing, you forget to breathe, you don't know what to do, you can't help but look. But there's something holy and mysterious happening here as well. And the angel says, be not afraid, I bring you good news. Today in the town of David, the city of David, a savior is born. And there's an awe to it. Such an awe that the shepherds, they go right afterwards, right? They go and they say, oh man, we gotta go find this baby, right? And if an angel told me, go find this baby, I'd be like, okay, right? I'll go look for the baby too. So we shepherds, we go, we find this baby, cute baby, I'm sure, but it's just a baby. Like what's, what's so special about just, it's a baby, it's a cute baby, but it's just a baby. And yet where's their response? Their response is, we've got to go, and we've got to go shout it from the streets. We've got to go, and we've got to tell everyone that we come across, hey, did you hear that the Savior is born? Hey, 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 did you hear that the Messiah is here? Hey, did you hear the good news? And they're celebrating and they're joyfully shouting and they're the first evangelists to talk about Jesus to the world because what of because this encounter that they have, it's such a deep and special, unique joy that they've got to shout it, that they have got to go and tell each and every person they see random strangers on the streets. What is that joy? that you can't help but sing, that you can't help but shout, that you can't help but go into someone's face and tell them, hey, did you hear about Jesus? What is that joy? It's a unique joy, isn't it? It's a special kind of a celebratory joy in Jesus. And it's something that I've seen before, actually. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm Hmong American, as I've said uh, before. And growing up, as a Hmong American, I think I've seen that joy before when I've seen people who were committed to the traditional Hmong religion encounter Jesus. If you know anything about the Hmong community, the majority of the Hmong Americans right here in the U.S., majority are not Christ followers, right? I'd say about 90% are not Christ followers. And yet, of the different, uh, of the original kind of traditional Hmong religion, spirituality, the animism that they uh, uh, are enclosed in, right? Sometimes life happens. Sometimes life is good, but sometimes life happens and it's tough and it's hard and sickness befalls them. Something is wrong with the family. Something is wrong within their own spirit and soul. And, and they have to call in the shaman to do his traditional uh, uh, methods of healing, right? And I think I've got a picture up here, right? We've got the shaman doing his chants at this point, right? To heal that person, whatever the sickness or disease or tension is in that person. But sometimes it doesn't work. And it's so bad. Sometimes even the spirits that the Hmong have worshipped for generations, even they attack them, and it doesn't work. And so they have to come in desperation to anyone, anything that can bring any sort of spiritual relief. And they come and they find Jesus. 
right? This is a traditional Hmong shaman doing his chants. And right here, this is pandao. That is a Hmong word meaning a, a flower cloth or flower embroidery, right? This is, a, it's, it's usually a geometric kind of a flower pattern, but sometimes pandaos, sometimes the flower cloth tells stories. And right here, right now, it's telling the story about baby Jesus being born, right? Right here, Jesus' birthday. <laughs> And I've seen that joy before. I've seen that encounter. I've seen that joy when people come. And like the shepherds, they encounter Jesus. And you can't help but celebrate. You can't help but shout for joy. You can't help but throw a party. And you can't help but dance. Because Jesus has done something so profound, so wonderful. And for Hmong people, just for me, for Hmong people, I've seen people who've been saved. And I don't mean that in the usual kind of nice Christianese that we use, like, oh, my soul got saved or whatnot. No, no, no. I mean as in people literally were saved, rescued by Jesus from this life before either sickness or disease, trauma from the Vietnam War that the vet, that Hmong veterans and Hmong refugees had to deal with, that, uh, that, that when the spirits attack you, that Jesus literally rescued and saved people. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've shared meals with these people. I've experienced these people and the joy that they have afterwards that you can't help but sing and dance and celebrate that Jesus, our Savior, has come. And I know that's a very specific example to me in my Hmongness, but really for all of us, if our God is willing to come down and to meet us in all of who we are, in our perfections, we think we're perfections, and the things that we are imperfect of, and the things that we struggle with, and the things that we are just really holding tight to, and the things that, Lord, I need your help with. If Jesus is coming down and willing to meet us there and to offer us something better, to rescue us, to save us, and give us truer life, a more beautiful or more wonderful, a more full life, isn't that really joy? to the world, that the Lord has come to save you and I. That's joy, isn't it? That's celebration, isn't it? That's time, that's cause for us to be like, yes, right? To be loud and to say, yes, that is fun and that's wonderful. And that's the joyful celebration that we should have when it comes to Christmas time. That's joy. But I know there's also an intrusive thought happening in my head. And that intrusive thought is that sometimes I don't always feel that though, Peter. Sometimes life ain't always peachy. Sometimes after Christmas, why, I, right, I have to pick up my Christmas tree, throw it on the curb, and I look up and, man, it's still three more months of winter, right? It's like, oh, man, that's horrible. And, and for me, for me, sometimes I get the big sad during winter. The big sad, I mean the big SAD, the seasonal affective disorder, that seasonal depression I get just from the gloominess of winter. Yes, even me, even Peter. 
I get the big sad. And it's hard. So what do we do in, in between? Because we are kind of in this in-between, right? Uh, a couple weeks ago, Matt talked about it. Last week, Chris talked about it, right? The now but not yet, the now and not yet part of life, right? Where time is this and time is going. And Jesus came 2,000 years ago and he inaugurated his kingdom. He's brought it and it's here. He's reigning, but it's not fully here yet. It's not consummated yet. It's not fully here yet. And we're waiting on that when Jesus comes back a second time, but we're in this now but not yet part. We're in this awkward middle and this awkward in-between where life is good because I got Jesus, but life isn't great either. Life isn't truly good yet. So how do I find joy in between right now? Let's keep reading through Luke 2. And this is... These are two different characters that they only pop up once in the Bible and we never see them again. And we don't really think that they're a usual part of the nativity story, but they are. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you've promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped day and night, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. How did Simeon and Anna, right? They knew the end. They knew the end of the story. We know the end of the story. We know that Jesus is coming back, yet we're in this awkward middle where we are waiting. What sustained them through? There's a story I want to tell you of six-year-old Peter. <clears throat> six-year-old Peter, right? And uh, I've got this very cute picture of me. And oh, yeah, so cute, right? Like, that's me. <laughs> but six-year-old Peter, right? I was six, maybe seven. And my parents, they had to go to California to see some family, see my grandparents, probably a funeral, I believe. And, and so and they couldn't take my older brother and I with them. So they dropped us off at a cousin's house. And we were there for two weeks. It was fun. It was great. It was summertime. All we did was play, play, play. But when night came as an anxious six-year-old, I would cry and cry and cry. So I just miss my parents, right? And, and, and two weeks, right, us as adults, we're like, ah, two weeks, you're fine. That's just like a regular summer camp, sleepaway camp, you're fine. Two weeks for a kid is a long time, just letting you know. And I would cry and cry and cry because I'd miss my parents. And I know that they wouldn't leave me as an orphan, but I knew they were coming back. I knew the end of the story, but in the waiting, that was terrible. But a cousin 
helped me through it. He found a picture, a family photo of me and my family. And this photo by itself, this photo was what got me through that long week. This is the photo where it's me and my older brother and my parents. And this, even though my parents weren't here, literally, this was their literal presence for me. I'd carry this around with me wherever I went. When we play outside, when we went to sleep, I would cuddle with this. And then I remember when my parents came home, they, finally, they were finally there to pick us up. I ran to them, uh, I hugged them, and I couldn't help but just cry tears of joy. I couldn't help but just cry and cry and cry because I was just so happy that they were finally home. And you've had tears of joy before. Maybe when your first child was born, when your grandchild was born, and you saw your child become a parent for the first time. Maybe when, it, you know, for my college students, right, you finally passed that exam. Yeah, 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 yeah. For some of us, we got that dream job. For some of us, we got this thing that we've always wanted, the thing that we've lost, we found it. We have cried tears of joy. And that's a different kind of joy, isn't it? Joy is definitely that loud, happy, hey, it's fun. Let's celebrate. Let's dance kind of thing. But it's also deeper. Because when we flip that happy joy over on the other side of the same coin, joy is deep. And it's not always the loud, bombastic, fun, go happy, go happy, go lucky kind of thing. It's a deep sense of bliss. Not a naive bliss, not an ignorant bliss, but a bliss of knowing that my Lord has come. And even in the middle of this terribleness of life, even when life just sucks, I know that my God is with me, that he weeps with me, that he cares for me, that he holds me. I know at the end of the story that he will come again. I know it. And so I have joy and I intentionally choose joy, a deeper joy, a deeper bliss. That's also joy. Because what did Simeon and Anna, 60 years, Simeon literally waiting to die, Anna, 60 years as a widow, waiting for God's kingdom, what got them through? It was the Holy Spirit. Right? Because one, because, you know, Simeon is having interactions with the Holy Spirit, but Anna, to be a prophet in the Old Testament, you had to have the Spirit of God upon you. It was the Holy Spirit that got them through, that gave them that sense of joy, even in the waiting, in that awkward middle, in the in-between. It's the Holy Spirit that got them through. Because Jesus... Right? In John 14, Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit. Though Jesus might not be here with us, the Spirit is God's very presence with us. Now in you, now indwelling your very heart who is with you. 
in this awkward in-between as we wait for our Lord to come again. Jesus says, I'm coming back, but in the meantime, here's the Spirit, and he is with you now. So when joy is hard to choose, when joy is difficult, when you don't even feel like it, when it's, Lord, I, I've got nothing to give. I've got nothing to be happy about. Lord, would you give me your joy? Would you give me your bliss? And it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to feel. It's not an easy thing to even experience that we can admit. But there is something mysteriously powerful, mysteriously wonderful, mysteriously supernatural that's even beyond us. But the joy that the Spirit gives sustains me through it, sustains us through when life is hard. So friends, joy is definitely that loud, silly, happy-go-lucky dance. But joy is also that solemn bliss that we hold in Jesus' goodness, in his love that he holds us firm. Would you hold firmer to him, hold and cuddle with the presence of the Spirit who is with you now? Because when we sing joy to the world, it's not a classic Christmas carol that we sing every year, which we do, but it's more than that. It's us giving our affections to our God who has come, our God who comes near from heaven to meet us, to encounter us. And when we encounter Jesus, there's something supernatural happening, something mysterious happening, something wonderful happening deep in our hearts that we just can't help but sing and celebrate that our Lord has come. And I know Christmas after Christmas, it's the same thing, but no, 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 it's deeper than that. Because it's also joy that is bliss, joy that when life is tough, joy that in this awkward in-between of us waiting, it's the joy of the Holy Spirit that gets us through until we can once again see our God, Jesus, face to face and we can taste and see his goodness and his warmth and his hug as we hold him and we hug him and we cry tears of joy saying that you are finally home. I'm finally home. Joy to the world, for the Lord has come. Let us pray. Jesus, in your goodness and in your sweetness, Lord, would you hold us dear? Lord, in your goodness, God, would you just bring us close to you? God, would you cling to us as we cling to you, Holy Spirit? God, there's joy that we celebrate, but there's joy that we need from you in this awkward in-between. There's joy that, Lord, only you can give. There's joy that, Lord, complete, that your joy that completes us. So, Jesus, we pray. Lord, maybe celebrate you, but, Lord, for some of us as well, Lord, would you give us more of your joy this season? Because, Lord, you have come. 
our good God who loves us, our good God who is here, our good God who draws near to save us. How could we not be joyful in your coming? Whether in celebration, whether in solemn bliss, thank you, Jesus, that you are here. In your name we pray, amen.